Fetcher, Chief Growth Officer at Cypress North. We're a digital agency in Buffalo, New York, and you're listening to The Agency Scoop. Each episode, I'll tackle a specific topic from an agency point of view. We're going to talk about what's helping us grow, challenges that we face, how we're working with our clients, and even things that bring us joy. Welcome to this month's episode of The Agency Scoop. So today I wanted to talk about something that I know a lot of agencies and companies all over are dealing with, the great resignation of today. Um, It seems like it's getting worse and worse by the month and this is happening all over the place with lots of different positions and different people. So we've had a few people resign recently for other opportunities and none of them were disgruntled or mad. It was just one was moving out of state, didn't want to work remote. We had one that followed her passion into a nonprofit organization, another one who wanted to give it a shot at client side um, opportunities. So nothing too severe or where they were leaving in an angry way or anything. Um, But for each of them, you know, we left on great terms. But as we have been going through this, as many other companies have, you know, I've had some time to reflect on the resignation process, what it means for those employees and employers and, you know, what we have to go through with that and how we can think about it. And obviously, since it's been happening here, I've been seeing a lot of content about the great resignation, about, you know, how to resign from a job, what you can do when your people are resigning, how to recruit And I've been reading a lot about it and and asking other people how they feel about it. So I wanted to do a little intro about resignation etiquette. So it seems like I hear these horror stories where people are just quitting and walking out, never showing up again, things like that. And obviously, that's that's probably not the best solution. (laughs) It's not good for anybody. Um, But I compiled a list of some advice from different sources of how to resign gracefully so that you kind of keep a a good relationship with the company that you're leaving and that you leave everyone in good graces. Because honestly, when you leave in a bad way and you leave the company, no matter how much good you did for the months or years leading up to that, they're going to remember how you exited and how you left things. And so you want to always leave things on a good note and not burn a bridge. Personally, I think that any longer than a two weeks notice is too long. You should be able to wrap up things in two weeks, transition things over, um, do everything you have to do. And typically when people give longer than that, they're kind of hanging around or other people are asking them more about where they're going, thinking about leaving themselves. It just doesn't seem good for anyone. So I think a two weeks notice is a really nice thing to do. It is traditional that you give two weeks notice when you resign from a position. I know it's not required from companies most of the time, but it is just a traditional nice thing to do. Um, But sometimes companies will ask you to leave right away, um, especially if you're going to a competitor. So it's something to keep in mind before you resign from a job that you want to make sure that if you are going to competitor that they know that and that you're prepared in case they ask you to leave that day. I think when you're resigning, doing it in person is best. So if you can't do it in person, if you can at least call your manager, talk them through it, tell them the news, tell them why or where you're going, you know, resign to that person one-on-one. There's nothing worse than being completely blindsided when you just get an email 
that someone is leaving the company and they haven't spoken to you about it at all. Um, also, when you're leaving in those last two weeks, it's great to really put in as much effort as possible, especially in an agency type of job. You have a lot of clients that depend on you, other team members that depend on you for your knowledge about the client or the projects that you're working on. So exiting and documenting your process, documenting any projects that you have in the works, transferring any access to anyone or do documents to anyone that might need them that are on your computer and not on a shared server somewhere. Um, working hard to finish everything and not leaving anything you are assigned unfinished or half done. That's just good process to do when you're leaving a company. Um, also, I don't think it's right to quit right before a vacation or if you resign and then take a ton of vacation days in those two weeks. I think that if you do, it's it's kind of rude and leaves people hanging, doesn't give them that full time to transition things or finish out some projects that you're working on. So even if you are quitting right before you had a planned vacation, it is nice to come back from that and then really put in another two weeks of work. I believe that if you're if you ask your new employer to extend your start date or push it back a little bit, most of the time they will. And they're not going to say, no, never mind, you can't work here because we can't wait five more days. Um, and if they won't consider a new smart a start date, then maybe consider how flexible that employer is going to be when you work for them. So thinking about those things is important. One of the other things that I think is important for people to do during those last two weeks is to really connect with everyone that you've worked with before. So that includes your clients, the people all around you, your managers, your mentors, your coworkers. Connect with them on LinkedIn or other platforms. Make sure they have your contact information and you have theirs. And thank them for anything that they might have done for you. So anybody that has taught you something, has helped you along the way, has helped you tackle a big project, I think talking to those people and really having that closure, saying goodbye, giving them um, just a verbal thank you or a thank you note really goes a long way. And you don't know where they'll be in your journey two years from now, five years from now. They could be at a different place that you want to work. And so talking to all of those people before you leave and making sure to solidify those relationships is really important. Um, the same goes for clients. So a nice thank you note goes a long way. If you email your client and say, hey, this has been really great working together. I'm so happy I had the opportunity to work on your account, things like that. It's just a nice way to leave everything and have everyone thinking of you in the best light as you move forward in your career. Now, from the employer side, it's really easy, especially today when it's harder and harder to hire. It's really easy to get upset when someone leaves. Not upset like you're mad at them as the person, but just like, oh, no, what are we going to do now? Um, and especially in a smaller company like ours where everyone is valuable, everyone plays an important role in our client relationships. Um, however, we can also look at this in a positive light. Whenever somebody resigns, it is an opportunity for us. And what I mean by that is, you know, every time there's a change, it doesn't have to be negative. It could be a really positive thing. So um, one of the things that I have found really useful are exit interviews. They are your company's best friend to find out how people feel about different things, even if it's not the reason that they left, but things that they feel like you could improve, things they feel like could have been better or could have been different. 
um, reasons that they're leaving, whether it's something that the new company is offering that they like better than, than here. Any of those things are an opportunity to learn and change things about your agency for the better. So you can't argue with that um, to get that feedback. Also, it's an opportunity to adjust client accounts. So when someone leaves and they're working on five accounts, you have to move some resources around to make it work, right? Um, we still have to serve the clients. And so moving things around can be a great opportunity for other employees who haven't had a chance to work on a certain account or they'd like to get experience on a certain channel that they haven't worked on before. So it's kind of nice to mix things up a little bit and be able to, to move things. Also hiring new talent, of course. Um, we've actually already, in the time that these employees have resigned, we have actually have six people slated to start in the next two months, which is really exciting. Um, we were already trying to hire based on the growth that we're having, but we've also replaced those that have resigned. And anytime you can bring in new talent and bring in um, a new person to the party, you know they're going to bring their own unique skills and things that they, their experiences that can always value or can add value and benefit our clients and our agency. So hiring new talent is always an opportunity. Of course, it's a risk. Of course, it's, it's hard to know from an interview or two interviews how someone's really going to behave or, or act or um, perform in the role. But hiring someone new is also an opportunity to hire somebody great. So it's really exciting um, to get new people in. It's also, it's hard to always just hire a direct replacement. So if someone at a certain level resigns, it, it's never possible to just slate somebody in their spot the next week and have that short transition period and just go. You know, there's always that time. There's always that, um, that learning curve. So even as we bring people in at Cypress North, we've still been focused on hiring anyone we can that is a good fit and has experience, but also people from the ground level, interns, uh, marketing coordinators straight out of school. So we know that they have they need time to grow and learn and understand the role and understand how to how to do the work. But transitions take that time. And so we always try to reward other employees for being there, for picking up the slack when it's needed, for helping out and, you know, being available and, and understanding that we're in this spot and that we're working to make it better and hire more people. So those are my thoughts on resignations. I know it's something that a lot of people are dealing with. I'd love to hear if you have any other tips or tricks or things that people should know before they resign or things that your company's doing when someone resigns that might be a little different than what I described. So we are here this month with Jordan Seifer, who is the creative director at Cypress North. Thank you so much for joining me today, Jordan. Of course. <laughs> Jordan is not only our creative director, she is my roommate in our office here. We sit with each other. We talk all day long about our clients and projects and ideas and bounce things off of each other. And I couldn't ask for a better roommate. And so I said, why not come on the podcast with me and talk about our creative work? So Jordan, why don't you tell us about what you did before you came to Cypress North and kind of your professional journey up till now? Yeah, so I have been in multiple different agencies um, in my younger career, just trying to figure out 
what I wanted to do. I did a lot of like, someone asked me to do something, I did it. So photography, video, sound, uh, print, logos, uh, and, and websites even towards the end. And um, I noticed that my passion was really lying in the and in, in the last like maybe six years ago that i was getting really into digital design and really into um web and mobile and apps and because i just saw that's where the industry was going everything's going digital but i also still have like a sweet spot for branding and brand identity and really like figuring out a company's um target market and what their goals are and where they're going to go into the future and like really digging up those pieces and, and presenting those ideas to them too. So branding and websites is my, is my jam, but we do everything from photography to video to animation, illustration, branding, uh, digital design, digital ad design, social media, you name it. Our team does it. <laughs> we are my go-to for any of those things, yeah. any and all, and <laughs> anything else that comes up that I think you'd be good at. I'm always like, Jordan, help. Tell me a little bit about your journey to join Cypress North. What made you decide to come here and lead this department and, and take on this opportunity? Previous to Cypress North, I was in an agency that was very traditional, so a lot of print, a lot of uh, print design, branding work. Um, and I was really getting into digital design around um, websites and mobile and even social media and digital uh, ad design. So when I was searching for a new position, that was like a main goal of mine. Um, I went and interviewed with Cypress North and it was like we were saying the same things we were completely aligned it felt really good and i jumped at the opportunity to really build out this department at cypress north and that was about four and a half years ago now and now we are kicking we're constantly making websites and branding and videos and animation and we really like expand our skills and it's just, um, I love it. I'm obsessed. <laughs> <laughs> Me too. Me too. So um, when we have a client come in, I think something special that we do here that I've seen evolve over the past couple of years that I've been here um, and seen you grow with is our process for bringing in a new client with a new project, understanding their challenges. Can you talk a little bit about that learning curve process, that discovery process that we go through? Yeah. So at Cypress North, we really um, we really consider ourselves like an extension of their team. So it's really important in the beginning stages to really understand their business and to really be a part of that team. So we understand their their goals for this specific project, but also their goals for their company, um, where they see themselves going in the future, who's their customer, what's their target market, are they looking to change that, 
Um, so we really like dive into the, all those pieces in the beginning and a way that we have found to make it, um, easy for everybody to participate. Cause sometimes you get in a meeting and there's 12 people on the meeting and everybody talks over each other. Nobody has enough, uh, time to get their thoughts out or we've moved on before they could get their thoughts out. So we send out a questionnaire that everybody answers individually and then we review it internally. And then we have a, a meeting where we pick out those, um, pieces that don't align or that we need more information on. And then after that meeting, we go into a positioning document where we take all of that content, all of the answers, that recording we listen back to, and we really get together like, what are their goals? Who are their customers? Who are those personas? What are their journeys look like? Um, what are, uh, what's the key deliverables on the website? What are some of the things they need to make it work? And then um, that goes into another presentation and then ultimately leads into like wireframes or if we're doing a branding project, it leads into branding ideas. So in the beginning parts is like the most important to figure out the strategy, the positioning and the creative breathe to move forward. Because if you make something pretty and it doesn't work or it doesn't make sense to who the brand is and what they're, what they're trying to accomplish, then you just have a pretty site that doesn't work. Right. Yeah. Right. I think that process gives us so much intel into not just the company and their goals, but the people that we're working with mm -hmm. and lets them get to know us so much better that immediately after that positioning presentation where we're repeating what they said back to us and talking about their goals, they're like, Jordan gets it. She mm -hmm. understands me. And then they're a super fan. And so I think that's like a really magical conversation that I've gotten to be a part of and, and seen how that works. Yeah. You love that when they're like, you nailed it like yeah. at the end of that. And it's not only um, something for us, but this a lot of the times this document is something that they'll use internally. So they'll give to their new employees to go over and it gives them a really comprehensive uh, level view of like what they're about, who's their customer, their target market, the personas. Like, so it's a really good document for them to have internally as well. But it's also a good document for us to have too when we are continuing into different services, like they're doing ads in the future or the marketing team is going to take on um, some services there. It's a good document to have that everybody can review and be on the same page. Mm -hmm. um, so that that is a, a really important part of all of the creative processes that we do. Yeah. I think it's really helpful too, not just from a, when you're doing a big project, like a, like a new company website, but even a smaller initiative, if there's a campaign website or a trade show booth or something else that we're kind of working through to do, sometimes it's a mini version of that process, but, um, but it's nice to have that like documentation of like, these are the goals, these are the targets this is what we're doing here, you know, mm -hmm. for any new people that come in. I mean, a lot of our clients are experiencing the same challenges as everybody else where people are resigning, new people are coming in. We have a lot of interns coming in that we have helping us with things and having all of that is super helpful just mm -hmm. for anyone getting acclimated. Yeah, totally. So um, when you are designing, you know, regardless of what the output is or the deliverable, how do you continue to find inspiration and not have kind of the same style over and over or the same ideas? How do you keep going without being burnt out? 
This is a question that's like for every creator <laughs> out there, whether you're a painter or a potter or a graphic artist or a video, it's where, how do you keep that inspiration? TikTok star. Mm, TikTok star. <laughs> <laughs> and I think um, constantly having inspiration in front of you is one thing and also finding inspiration in everything that you do. So what I mean by constantly having it in front of you is when you open up your Instagram or any of your like dribble, what does it look like? Have you curated it to what you want to see? Or are you just, you know, swiping through things that Instagram is suggesting? Like if you were to open up my Instagram right now, it would be like branding, UI, UX trends. It, you would see majority of it, 90% of it is what I look at every single day. And then the other 10% is like people's babies and boyfriends and like, you know, significant events, but <laughs> always like having that in front of you, like where whatever you're doing, you're always seeing ideas and maybe it doesn't make sense at that moment. But like later down the road, you're like, oh, I have this idea because I like banked it in my brain. <laughs> um, but even like um, I was like uh, geeking out over this button hover state that was on a Apple TV app the other day. And I was like, this is so cool. And I was just thinking how I could like, how I could use something similar to the way that it was working for one of our clients. So there's always those things that you find are like really cool, but there's also like, um, like I watched a lot of master classes that had to do around art in general, but not specifically design. And one of the things was um, use your own handwriting for a font. And I've never thought of that because you always go and look, you, you know, every designer has like an arsenal of fonts and they use like 10, but like you love <laughs> them. So you put them away, but there's, there's a time when you can use your own handwriting and I'm literally using it for a client right now, but I watched this master class two years ago now, but now it's like coming back to me like, oh, if I want a handwritten script on a site, I should just do it myself because mm -hmm. then it's authentic and it's a real handwriting and it's not just a font that was created off of like somebody that thinks a handwriting. So actually using like real things in your design and not just using everything from digital is like a good way to be inspired too. Yeah. What about, you know, outside of looking at other kind of commercial things? I, I, I feel like all of our designers here love to be outside, mm -hmm. <laughs> be in nature and do all of those things. Um, you know, do you think that that helps with your process getting disconnected from dribble and Instagram? Mm, big time. Yeah. I think, um, I think a lot of designers, a lot of, um, content creators, have different forms of art that they do as well. Like um, our senior designer here is a pot, is, does pottery. I do like ridiculous amounts of art too, from charcoal to painting to like sometimes, and it's all abstract too, so it's not very literal and so is her pottery. But um, I think it's really important to take like a mental break from Digital, digital in all aspects, honestly, like social media, all that. So everybody should take a break from it and like really get outside because all of the all of the inspiration you get essentially is from what you see, and you don't necessarily know when it's going to hit you. But as simple as 
um, picking up colors from being outside. Like I, I ride my bike constantly. I'm running. I am a rollerblader. Um, it could be as simple as like the environment you're in, but I also saw this like rad guy like rollerblading the other day. And I was like, and we kept doing loops in op opposite directions in Delaware Park. And he had on like, um, these really long socks that were like neon orange, but they were like the tube socks with the white stripes around them. <laughs> and then these like short shorts that were like blue denim and a crop top that looked, reminded me of like 80s, um, like uh, disposable cupware. And then a um, full, like flowing um, <laughs> mullet. And I just was like, this guy is amazing. And even stuff like that's inspiring because all the colors he was wearing, the hair flow, like it's sometimes it's not actually an environment you're in, but it's you're getting inspiration from other people, what they're wearing, what they're doing, what they're carrying. Mm -hmm. So it's really like, just looking at everything and taking it in is is important too, not just seeing everything that's digital because that can get exhausting after a while too. Everything is art. Yeah, everything <laughs> is art. Yeah. <laughs> I love that. So what are some of the design or art trends that you love that you keep seeing come around now? I'm specifically to um, – specifically to websites i'm like loving loving clean design with um with hiding information and then presenting it on hover states or presenting it on a click i'm loving that because it's making the website so much more digestible when everybody has so much information especially for b2b sites there's a lot of information and sometimes it's a lot to digest so really like presenting information in a different way in a simplified way I'm also loving the mobile first designs um, because everything is going to go mobile. Uh, your site is definitely being seen mobile probably more times than on desktop. So thinking the thinking mobile first and then designing on desktop, great trend. Um, animated text I love because it allows you to get a lot more information when it feels like it's less which is a really important thing, um, again, with B2B sites. And then I'm and People loving, are used to that with social media, with captions yeah. and text appearing and disappearing. So Yeah, and it grabs your attention a little bit more too. I'm loving the uh, text-first trend where we're not laying text over an image anymore, but it's on a background and it's literally the focus is the copy. So the user is forced to read the copy before they move on to like digesting visuals. I'm loving that. Um, unique button hover states, love. Um, <laughs> Back-end tagging, like multiple tagging of things so they appear throughout the site is a really cool trend that I don't think is going to go away. Yeah. Just, just smart just data. Just smart stuff in the back end. Yeah. I love it. I love that you're a creative director that just said data is your – You said data. Well, I said data, <laughs> but I knew what you meant. Yeah. <laughs> smart stuff on That's the back awesome. end. Yeah. What about trends that you see that you think are a fad or that you just think are terrible and they should go away? Um, Over-the-top loading animations. So as you move down the page when stuff is like constantly loading, it's a lot to take in and it usually breaks when you move it to a different sizing mm -hmm. too. And it's not friendly 
on mobile either. So it's a trend that is like, it used to be like an image would load in and now it's like the image loads in, the text loads in, like everything loads in and it's like everything's building as you go down. I think that's fun when you have like, um, like a, like a microsite where the page, you're not really, it, they're like explaining a story, but when it comes to like a specific brand or like commerce, I just, I see that trend going away fast. And I always, I have like an internal battle with gradients. <laughs> I really don't like gradients, but they don't seem to be going away. So, uh, um, I will try to stay with the tasteful gradients, but I think gradients got out of control, especially on web, like just out of control, not a fan. And I can't think of anything else, but I'm sure there's other things that I don't like. <laughs> Watch your gradients. Um, so do you have any advice for someone new starting out in design? You know, someone that's either thinking about going to college for it, graduating college with a design degree, wants to get get more into a creative field. You know, any advice for someone new? Going into college, try everything. Because when you get into college, you think you're going to do one thing. But if you don't try everything, you don't know what you're going to end up loving. And technology is changing so much that you got to give yourself an opportunity, especially in college, to do it. Coming out of college, um, be open to anything because everything can change. Um, I think what's more important when you're finding your first job is is find the company and the culture you want to work with because your skills can grow and your skills can go in that direction. And if you have a good supportive company and culture, they'll, they will help you develop your skills in the direction that you're passionate about instead of just getting a position that you think that's what you want to do, but you have no growth opportunity and then you're stuck in that silo until you find something else. So I think that's really important. And then something that I have been, I someone told me this and it's stuck with me for a really long time. And anybody that um, works with me knows that I'm like this. Do not get attached to your work. Don't. Because it's not your work. It's the brand's work. It works. If you're attached to it, then it's working for you and it's not working for the brand, the company that you're doing the work for. So that's a really important thing. And try everything. Push the limits. Um, the worst thing that can happen is somebody comes back with and they want edits. And then you usually it ends up being better anyway. So you push the boundaries, push, push your um, your skill set, try to do more things, um, be open to any situation. Those are like the, the main things. And then when you get higher in, in your career and you're managing people, um, one of the main things, like as you go through your career, you're going to learn from your superiors the things that you didn't like that they did. Um, and you kind of like bank those for when you get a little bit more seasoned in your career. And one of the things that I always believe in and always try to practice is not using my opinion. There's a difference between um, there's a difference between my opinion and if it's working. So everybody has an opinion, and this can be said for clients too, because you mm. clients have their opinion about what they like too. But what you like isn't necessarily what should be 
in the design. So when I'm critiquing or looking at work, I am trying to keep my opinion out of it and trying to look at the work for what it is. So if if I my opinion, I don't necessarily like the color, but it works in the design, then my opinion doesn't matter. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. So it's kind of hard to take your opinion out of things, but you need to for the sake of the end product. Right. I think it's important, like like you're saying, it's you can't use something trendy just because you like it if it doesn't work with the brand or doesn't work with the company's goals. And mm -hmm. that's yeah. a, that's kind of a, a good lesson to learn along the way. Mm -hmm. And I also don't want to put my design opinions onto my designers because I want them to develop their own design like styles and ex and experience, experiment with new styles. And I don't want to hinder that by saying, this is not what we do. This is not what we do. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Like I don't want to take away creativity because you could be pushing down something that is like really, really great. And I don't ever want to do that. I want them to explore and, you know, try new things and just like push those limits because that's when you make really great work. Yeah. Yeah. Great. Well, that's all great advice. Thanks, Thanks. Jordan. <laughs> so we typically end the show with an agency horror story. And since you've worked for a few agencies, do you have any horror stories of the industry that you could share? <laughs> I have Sure, you a have many. I do, but they're probably, most of them probably aren't appropriate. But um, I have a interview horror story, not a horror story. It was more a horror story for my now husband than, <laughs> than it is for me. But back in the day, you used to answer Craigslist listings for jobs. I don't know if you remember this, but um, it was for my first um, position as a designer and I went to answer this uh, Craigslist interview, told my husband where I was going. I was like, I'm going to my interview, but I didn't tell him where I was going. Showed up. It was in a house in Williamsville. It's just a suburb of Buffalo for anyone not local. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> and it was like a, I'm pretty sure it was like a hair salon that was transformed into a, like a studio. Mm -hmm. And then there was another business upstairs. Um, it was a really cool studio when he got inside, um, but we were talking for a really long time, and it and it was going on like three hours. At this time, my phone I left my at that time you left your phone in the car because phones weren't like what they were now, and um, to be polite, it was a polite thing to do. Mm -hmm. You didn't want your it was the worst thing ever if your phone rang in an interview. So uh, we were sitting there and for a really long time, and I thought to myself, this is a really long time. Is this guy going to give me this job or what? Yeah. <laughs> and I've been sitting here for three hours. You're like, I'm starving. Yeah, that too. And then <laughs> and then he does offer me the job, and I'm all happy about it. And I get out to the car, and I have text messages from my now husband saying, I got to call the cops. I don't know where you are. And then I realize it was like three and a half hours. And I call him. He's like, oh, my gosh. I thought like I was going to about to call the cops because who goes and answers a Craigslist ad and doesn't answer? for three and a half hours yeah so don't do three and a half hour interviews <laughs> <laughs> that's the lesson here first of all you're wasting people's time with a three-hour interview and you're scaring your husband and thinking that <laughs> answering a craigslist well most of the people do it on zoom now too so yeah yeah so it won't be as long you won't get abducted in a zoom yeah interview <laughs> oh my gosh <laughs> 
Um, that reminds me of a story that this isn't really agency related, but it is kind of because I was on a work trip for the agency that I worked for. And same thing, my husband got very upset because I was at the airport in Las Vegas coming back to Buffalo and there's a bar at every gate basically. So I'm standing there with a glass of wine. These two guys are staying next to me. They're like, oh, where are you going? And I'm like, Buffalo. They're like, us too. Like, that's where we live. And this guy standing next to me, he's probably 10, 15 years older than me. He starts talking. He's like, oh, where do you live in Buffalo? And I said, Lancaster. So then he starts saying where he lives and he lives in my neighborhood. And he knows all of these people (laughs) in my neighborhood. And he's offering up this information. I'm not like, oh, do you know so-and-so? He's like, oh, do you know these people? Do you know these people? I'm like, yeah, oh my gosh, how funny. So he's like, yeah, my daughter goes to the high school, blah, blah, blah. You know, so we're chatting. We get on the plane. We get back to Buffalo and it was delayed, delayed. So it's like two in the morning. And he says, do you want to share a cab back to our neighborhood (laughs) now that we know each other? And I said, well, no, I have my car, but I'll give you a ride. Your house is on the way to my house. No big deal. (laughs) So I brought him home to his house, to his wife and children. Like, it was not a big deal. And then the next day, I was telling my husband about it because he also, this guy, Mark, who we now know, um, sells golf clubs. So I was telling my husband about it. And he was so mad that I drove a stranger home from the airport. (laughs) And in my defense- At two in the morning. (laughs) At two in the morning. In my defense, he um, knew a ton of people we knew, and he lived in our neighborhood. So he's a neighbor now, not a stranger. He- was coming from the airport. So you know he doesn't have like guns on him or anything. <laughs> like he was just there. Um, you know, so I, I was kind of like, what's the worst that can happen? And it was fine. And I was still alive to tell the story. But like Ryan still gets like real mad anytime I anytime I talk about it. And then the following year, my sister bought the house next door to Mark and met him. And they were at a neighbor bonfire, and he was telling the story about how this dumb girl brought him home from the airport, and he, he would kill his daughter if she did that. And my sister was like, oh, I know who that is. That's my sister, the Good Samaritan. <laughs> oh, no. But I mean, he offered to share a cab. I feel like this is on Mark. <laughs> this is his problem. And it but, was 2 in the morning, and you came from Vegas. Yeah. And there were bars. Exactly. Drinks. <laughs> I mean, it was one drink, and it was hours before I landed. So, I mean, you know. I don't I know if you were strangers at that point. No, exactly. But, yeah, but I get it. It's I still like, wouldn't do it. <laughs> you go on a work trip, and your husband's like, what is happening? <laughs> but nothing bad, just innocent interviewing, driving. It's fine. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> well, thank you so much for coming on the Agency Scoop. This was so much fun. If anybody's wondering what it's like to be in our shared office, this is it. We talk about things like this all day long. <laughs> yeah. um, so thank you so much, Jordan. Welcome. Thanks for having me. Thanks for joining us for this episode of the Agency Scoop. If you liked what you heard, you can subscribe so you don't miss a show. You can also find us on the Cypress North YouTube channel or follow the Agency Scoop on Twitter and LinkedIn. I'd love to hear your ideas for future topics. See you next time on the Agency Scoop.